What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Okay, here's going to be a special repost of a presentation I did in um, Phoenix this summer at the DEO conference, and it was the the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization. If you're not familiar with that, um, we've actually had the CEO, Jake Poole, on the podcast before. It's a great organization that offers a lot of support and community for, for dentists looking to grow um, their practices, whether that's a couple locations or 20. Um, Jake had asked me to speak on something after he overheard me talking to um, some gentlemen at Richard Evangelista's when I went out there and kind of looked at his course and his his process. Um, but he heard me he heard me speaking and he said, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" And you have to speak about this to my um, at my summit in June. And I said, "Okay, sure." Kind of blew it off, and and actually Jake followed up. Which um, which startled me a little bit because I said, "Oh my gosh, I've never publicly spoken about this this weird passion project of mine." Um, but it was pretty cool because it stretched me. It made me, you know, it gave me anxiety about speaking, which typically I don't have because I'm usually speaking about dentistry. But it was cool and it pushed me outside the box. And it's a, it was a big crowd, you know, it was over 600 people. And um, so that being said. It's going to be a talk on Bitcoin and some history of that and just give some context on that. And it's going to give some history on blockchain and there's some cool fun facts. And it's really just bringing, catching you wherever you are in the, in the learning process of this new technology and bringing you kind of up to speed in kind of an entertaining way. Um, I can also post the YouTube version if you want to see the visual, but the visual doesn't have slides. So that being said, if you're interested and you want to just kind of hear about it and, and, uh, and be be exposed to kind of what I think some of the disruptions of dentistry are going to happen because of blockchain, then keep listening. I actually wrote an article. Um, it, it was called the seven ways I feel like blockchain could disrupt dentistry. And, and four of these ways are mentioned in this presentation. And again, dentistry, it's a stretch to say disruption. And I always, I always say disruption is a good thing, but there are ways that I think that the blockchain will eventually be able to help and disrupt for a good way in dentistry. So if you're at all inclined to listen, please do so. If not, it won't hurt my feelings if you tune out now. <laughs> all right, everyone. Have a great day. So as promised, our next speaker is a doctor, is into blockchain technology, which he will go into much more detail on. But I want you to think about like Bitcoin, etc., He's got a podcast where he's sharing their best thinking. It's called uh, Bulletproof Dental Practice Consulting and then a podcast that goes with this. He's doing it with Dr. Craig uh, Craig Spodak. And um, they've got four locations in the Atlanta area called Atlanta Dental Spa. So please welcome to the stage Dr. Peter Bolden. technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades. It is a huge deal. It's called the blockchain. It has a greater ability to bring more of the world's population out of poverty. It is working. Um, there will be other currencies like it, maybe even better. 
for the first time a way for the two of us to exchange value online without a third party intermediary. 74% of the world's population, according to the World Bank, does not have access to basic financial services. I'm really glad to be here, everybody. As you heard, my name is Peter Bolden. I'm a dentist from Atlanta. I own five locations. And um, one of my passions is blockchain, and I'm a futurist, and biohacker, and all sorts of things. So this is literally just a passion project and something that I agreed to talk about with no agenda. Literally, it's just here to entertain and hopefully educate some of y'all on um, what could be coming down the pike and how it might affect dentistry. <clears throat> so again, like I said, a couple of the objectives today are going to be, number one, talk about an overview of cryptocurrency because, praise the Lord, it's hot again and it's not in the gutter. And so everyone's asking me questions. Yesterday, I was pimping a Bitcoin shirt and everyone was coming up and talking to me about it um, and blockchain and then kind of how it works, the underlying principles of what a blockchain is, uh, possible applications in dentistry, and then to entertain, educate, um, again, with no agenda, there's no... I actually uh, said that I have a bulletproof uh, consultancy. That's our podcast. There's no consultancy, so literally there's nothing at the end here that um, you can sign up for. And then lastly, uh, what you're going to hear today a little bit is, you know, it's funny, I was wearing that shirt yesterday, and a woman walked up to me, and this was awesome, and she said, I've seen that company. Like, do you work for them? And I said... And I, you know, kindly explained, like, no, that wasn't what it was. But it reminded me, because I've had, like, conversations about, with, with people who said, like, asking me super techie questions, and then someone who, you know, thought maybe Bitcoin might be a company. Um, and so the rub, I, I got really nervous, actually, right when she said that, because I said, holy cow, if you had asked me to speak about dentistry, no problem. Like, it's my lane, I'll tell you about it, and all this stuff. And that's what we do in our summits. But I told, this is the first time in my career, like, I'm literally outside my lane. So if everyone could pull out their phone and put five stars for this, just in preemptively for the, I'm just kidding. So my point was, is don't be, if this is your first entry into hearing about Bitcoin or blockchain or whatever, like, don't be overwhelmed. I've been in the space a long time, probably four or five years, and I still feel like a total noob. Like, I still am like, what the hell? So don't be overwhelmed. And I have thousands of hours of just going down a rabbit hole and studying this stuff. So, um, again, I'm a practicing dentist. I actually have five locations. That was, uh, we recently just acquired one like last month, so I'm updating this. Um, four kids, one being a, a dog that I think he's my child. He's a St. Berdoodle, which is a St. Bernard and a poodle mix. Uh, um, and a podcast, a book, you know, all that stuff. As Jake said in a YouTube interview we had uh, when he was prepping this for, he said, you might be the only dentist I've ever heard of that is blockchain certified. So I am blockchain certified, not because that was something that I was going to use, but I saw it offered as a test. <clears throat> I said, hey, I may have the chops to actually pass this thing just like off the cuff. And so I did it, and there, there's my glorious diploma. <clears throat> okay, so what is Blockchain. So you've probably heard all sorts of stuff. Essentially, and I was asked to distill it down to like one or two sentences, which is really tough. So essentially, it's a brand new way of transmitting money without the need for traditional banking networks, as well as a means to store data in a transparent and unalterable way. Unalterable way. So you'll see as we'll kind of unpack this. The biggest things are it's trustless, meaning it doesn't require trust to interact with people um, and that, beca that becomes something of the intermediary. So 
the blockchain is something, the way it's going to have its biggest effect is by removing intermediaries. So if, if people who make their money in the middle of a transaction, meaning party who wants to buy, party who wants to sell, and they make their money in the middle, they are the most vulnerable, whatever industry that may be. The cool thing is it's going to work. You don't have to understand what I'm talking about for it to, like, to work. Like, it's coming, it's going to be here. Um, but, like, I don't know how email works, like TCIP, all that. I don't know how it works, but, like, I use it every day, and it's pretty cool. So just know that it's, it's going to be behind the scenes and working probably um, effortlessly like that. <clears throat> so the next video I'm going to show, I actually asked Jake's permission because it's a five-minute video. <clears throat> and in all my years of kind of, like, just being a nerd and goofing around with it online, it's the best it's the best presentation I've ever seen. So if you can pay attention and kind of just like focus on this for five minutes, I really think you'll have enough knowledge to have cool conversational, you know, dinner time conversations. But it really gives a much better explanation from a 30,000 foot view than I could ever do. So here we go. There's one thing in there I don't know if y'all saw, but obviously one of the tenets of blockchain is is this, this contract and what are called smart contracts. And so currently we have a situation the traditional contact we're in this in this land right now, where there's two parties that want to do something. They have a contract, and they have a lawyer or a bank or a government that says, "Okay, we'll connect you guys and execute the contract." Well, smart contracts are going to change that. Imagine it's going to be a coded base, so it's going to be something like, "If X happens, then Y must take place." Right? So it's not it's not subjective. It's not opinions. It's not one person in the middle saying, "I don't know. I kind of agree with this person more." It's just code and facts. And so it's going to be a situation where. <clears throat> and get rid of this third-party intermediary. And that's what I was saying earlier. It's disintermediation, and that's one of the biggest tenets and why I'm really attracted to it, because I think it's cool. And again, smart contracts are something that are automatic, they're fast, they're cheap, and they're transparent. So you can imagine them as being like a digital handshake, almost, as opposed to being um, someone in the middle. Okay, so the most of the questions I've already had have been about, block about Bitcoin. So um, <clears throat> blockchain is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a blockchain. It actually was the first blockchain, but they're not the same thing. Um, so it's been a rough couple of years in the, in the crypto space. If any of you guys you know, trade or, or own Bitcoin, um, you know, it went to 20,000 back in December of 2017 and went downhill from there. Um, so this, le this presentation is not going to be all about Bitcoin, but it is, it is important to give some context because it's, it's timely. And by the grace of God, like I said, now it's $12,000 again, right? Um, Warren Buffett called it rat poison squared. Um, but then he admitted that, like, I really don't understand the technology, but I just think it's horrible. Um, and regardless, people usually roll their eyes when you talk about Bitcoin or blockchain now, especially like my financial buddies. They seem to really not like it when I talk about this stuff. Um, so again, what I'm going to show you is not qualified investment advice by any means. Like, I actually recommend don't follow my investment advice. Um, so essentially, Bitcoin and there's other alternate stuff up here is, is money on a money on a blockchain. So it's a medium of exchange, a value, just like ordinary money that exists in a digital world and that relies on encryption to make transactions secure. That's it. That's how we do it. And so that's why some of these are just the alternate currencies, like Litecoin and Monero. It's just a privacy coin. <clears throat> I, uh, so this is the same shirt I was actually wearing yesterday. In December of uh, six months ago, I was, I was doing a presentation for the DIA, 
with my partner, Craig Spodak. And so he comes out looking all fancy with his, you know, he likes to have his pocket squares. And so I come up, and I'm like wearing a Bitcoin shirt. And this, this presentation we were doing was not about anything but like this one. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, it, it's just such in the gutter right now. I, I had to give it some love. So at the time we did this, December 2018, the price was uh, $3,200. $3, so if, and I did actually say at that lecture, like, hey, you, you guys should probably buy something. Like, this is the bottom, which my lawyer, like, literally had to come apart when I said that. So now I have to say, do not follow my investment advice. But if you had done that six months ago, you'd have four extra money, Right? So the current price right now is, um, you can see I'm a total nerd when you have it on your watch, right? 11800 which will be important for another slide later. Um, Bitcoin has risen 82,000% in the last seven years. It's been proclaimed dead 350 times by economists and notables in, that li in its lifespan. But it's the best performing asset class, bar none, over the last 10 years. So... Hate it or not, these are the facts. Some other fun facts about it. This will make for good like dinnertime banter if you go home. You'll take something home from, from, the, from the DEO. Um, there's a fixed supply of them, of 21 million. And anecdotally, there's probably only about 17.5 million of them because there have been 4 million of, that, of, of them have been lost in the era when everyone thought it was funny internet money back in like 2010, 12, whatever. So... And we can never get those back. So it's super scarce. We'll never be able to create more. It was born in 2009 from the economic crisis by like these guys who were called cyberpunks, which were so furiated, infuriated by too big to fail that like these guys, these, these banks got these giant bailouts. And like, meanwhile, the world was like, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. So it was created in that era. It's like the video said, it's decentralized, meaning it doesn't live on one computer. It's not controlled by one company or a country, or anything like that. It's immutable, meaning you can't alter the record of it. The transaction is transparent all the way through the whole Genesis block, which is the first block. And it's anti-inflationary, which means we can never create more. So what's another anti-inflationary thing in today's day and age? Anyone have a, just throw it out there? What? It is hard to see, all these lights are like blinding. Gold. Gold is one, right? And so gold's a good asset. But did you know that there's companies out there like that, that um, why do I keep, Tusk, not Tusk, Tesla guy, uh, Elon Musk, and Peter Diamandis, like they're literally trying to harness asteroids that have millions of billions of tons of gold and diamond on them. So what happens when that dilutes our market space? So anyway, that's a little far out there, I know, but it's fun to give a little context. Here's some other context. Putting the world's money in perspective. At the time of this graph, if you look here, Bitcoin is second to last. At the time of this article, or graph, Jeff Bezos was worth more than it. Now, Bitcoin has gone up a little bit since then, and Jeff Bezos has gone down because of his divorce. Um, so Bitcoin is probably beating him at this point. My point is it's a very small global market cap, and we are in the first inning, the first inning of the era of what's going to happen. So here's a fun story um, that, I, that I, I love this story because I think it just goes back to the, inter the funny internet money back in 2010. There was this guy named Laszlo, and now it's Bitcoin Pizza Day, but let me give some context. There was this guy in Laszlo who was a super nerd, like loved his Bitcoin, had, had tons of them, but he wanted to transact with them. 
So in 2000, May 22nd, 2010, he officially announced to everyone that he had made, he had traded 10,000 of them for pizza. So that pizza probably cost, what, 30 bucks at the time, or 20 bucks? I don't know. Today, when I, and what, whoops, anyone want to do a quick math on what that would be worth today? 10 times? It'd be about $119 million. So that, for those 10,000 Bitcoin. So that's an expensive pizza. You know, you could have bought 415 Lambos, 5.5 million pizzas. Anyway, so this is, this is the actual, like, post in his uh, bulletin board that he posted. Hey, guys, I did it. I traded pizza. All right, so now we'll get back to blockchain. So blockchain is going to be integral in the fourth industrial revolution, which we are coming into right now. The first was steam, right, steam-based machines. The second was, you know, electrical, and we got electrical energy. The third was when you started getting computer technology, and it, but it lived on servers, and it was internet-based knowledge. And now we're in this, like, second phase of this information revolution. And it's, it's with AI and uh, Internet of Things and cloud computing and quantum computing and blockchain and DLT. And the cool part about this is why, in robotics and, like, you know, biological engineering, um, and the cool part about this is, is that it, before things used to kind of live in a silo. Like, over here you'd have, you know, computing, and that was good. And here, over here you had engineering. But now there's, like, this combinatorial effect. Right, this synergy amongst all the industries, and it's like acceleration upon acceleration. So, like advancements are happening exponentially, as opposed to in a linear fashion. So, it's an exciting time to be like involved. And blockchain's a part of that. It's not going to be the you know, it's not going to be the massive part, but it's definitely partaking in this in this fourth industrial revolution, which is going to be. I'm glad I'm alive in this time period because it's going to be cool to watch. <clears throat> so. Any investors out there are familiar with this acronym? This is a big stock market term. It's called the FANG stocks. Um, and these stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, are the acronym for the stocks that kind of drive the sentiment of the market. And so investors kind of follow what's, what the FANG stock's doing. And so for me, I look at what, what are the FANG stock's doing in terms of crypto or blockchain. And so I always say up top here, the herd is coming. Because once these companies adopt what's going on, it's time to pay attention. Facebook, and I've got this comment multiple times yesterday, Facebook has launched their own cryptocurrency. Now, it's a stable coin, meaning it's not going to be volatile like Bitcoin is. It's going to be uh, pegged to a basket of international fiat currencies. But the fact is, is that it's global adoption. People are starting into the mindset. Apple created a what they call a crypto kit, which is going to be on the next iPhone. But basically, it allows developers to start building blockchain products on your phone. Amazon, Whole Foods actually now accepts Bitcoin as payment. And Google and Facebook and others are just doubling down in the space. So, and there's been speculation on a Google coin. Facebook, obviously, has been dominating in terms of the market, they, they started something called Libra Coin, which all these people involved are now their partners, and you had to pay $10 million to become in that partner. So people are, I mean, look, at there's MasterCard, and there's like all these PayServe, Visa, right? So with 2.4 billion global users, like, they get everybody's attention when they say, hey, this is what we're doing. So this graph right here is, is showing really like the potential for disruption in every industry. Right, so the highest one obviously is financial services, as you can see, and because those are the darker blue dots, 
But if we go to kind of what addresses us in the context of why we all are here is kind of the healthcare industry. So it's a medium, right? It's, a me- it's, at, it's, it's ripe for a little bit of disruption. Um, so I actually wrote an article. I don't know what, I'm not a big writer by any means. Um, I wrote an article uh, on my way out to Richard Evangelista's course. I got this like epiphany, like I'm going to write down like how blockchain could affect dentistry. And some were good and like some were better than others. And I said, I'm, there's seven ways, I think. So I'm going to talk about a couple of them here and, um, and see what y'all think. Um, and I just kind of gave myself that night like a creative license to like go crazy a little bit. Um, some might be a stretch, but it might get your mind thinking for what you know, happens in your world or your life. One thing that I think is cool is that even if you take nothing away from this, it's cool to just like something I preach in, in my podcast and in the summits is like that I think as entrepreneur, entrepreneurs we need to, to focus more on, which is something called situational awareness. Are there any uh, pilots in the room like, uh, that have taken? When I was getting my pilot's license, which I didn't actually get to go through with it, but my instructor, so these, pilot, these planes that you fly like have all these cool instruments and graphs and like weather tests, and you're like looking down, right? So here's the windshield where all things are happening. You're in the air, and you're looking at all the cool stuff. And my instructor would always be like, pick your damn head up and fly the plane, right? And so I think that's something that we all should do as entrepreneurs is pick your head up and look around and just say, hey, what's coming down? Whether it's going to impact you or not, it's cool to just say, yeah, I don't think this is going to affect me, blockchain, but it's cool to know what's coming in the ecosystem. Um, so, number one, we are gonna, I think we're going to start transitioning into where blockchain is going to help from an electronic dental record standpoint, or, or health records even. So the current problem is that the patient is not the custodian of any of their records right now. Not in dentistry, not really in medicine. I mean, they're getting probably a little bit better, but it's centralized, it's on a server or someone's cloud, um, and it's just proprietary uh, records, even within our patient management softwares. Like they, even in dentistry, they just don't talk well to each other. So in the future, I think the patient is likely going to control their record. Right? They're going to be the custodian of their record. And that data is then going to be stored cryptographically and secure on the blockchain. And then if they want to give that to the provider, they will then give a token, maybe from their phone, that says, you have the right to temporarily access my records. So that I see being is a real thing. It's actually happening in medicine already. These are two products that are like full bore going. And this next video, it's about only a minute, but it gives some, it's about medicine, but it, I think it really, if you can extrapolate it into dentistry, I think it's really cool. It's only a minute long. <clears throat> but you can see, if you extrapolate that into dentistry, like it's a, it's a here, it, it's, it's being pushed and vetted by, by medicine first. Excuse me. All right, did anyone go to uh, IDS uh, Germany, Cologne, Germany, this year, 2019? These guys had one of the biggest booths. I don't know what it would cost, but like, you know, and I actually don't even know what they're really doing. Um, but the fact that they have, you know, there's this kind of spend and this kind of presence at such an international conference, you know, it's pretty eye-opening. Actually, I do know what they do. I just, anyway, we'll move on. So the second aspect I see there being disruption, and this isn't directly to dentistry, but I see there being a massive disruption in peer-to-peer lending. And that's because of the global environment that's happening, and I'll kind of unpack that a little bit. But I see it being disruption, and I mean disruption in a good way. I'm, I'm, I keep talking about disruption in a good way, by the way. That I see it being a disruption in consumer lending for treatment, 
And I also see it being as something that's going to help professional lending, um, whether that's equipment or buildings or what. So um, I think that the world economy is going to want to partake in, in dentistry. And dentists feel, honestly, a lot of the dentists I talk to you feel that capital is one of like, the biggest impediment to their growth. So here's how it works. I won't go over the schematics, but the, the concept is going to be very similar to something like a Kickstarter or crowdfunding, but there's going to be no intermediary. Remember, like something in the middle, there's going to be, that doesn't exist. Um, there'll be better rates for the borrowers, better rates for the lenders. It'll be global market. It'll be faster access to the capital. It'll be smart contract-based. So here's, a, here's an interesting thing. Y'all remember this, like lending to England. Banks win, you win. I mean, when banks compete, you win. And I think this is going to be wrong. When the world competes, we will win. And the reason I say this is because of this. And Europe is in negative interest rates right now. Japan has already been in negative interest rates, which means, and I had to kind of unpack, with like, what did that mean? Like, what, how does that affect the consumer? It means that if you deposit $10,000 in your bank, in your bank, come back a year later, you have about $9,800 in your bank. So money is no longer, quote-unquote, safe in the bank. I'm just going to put it in the bank, it'll be safe. It's no longer safe there. So when this happens, people are going to start losing money, and their money is going to start decaying upon itself. So they're going to be fleeing to looking for asset classes in which they can deploy to make at least do something. Something is better than negative, right? Um, heck, 1% or 2%. So here's how I think it's going to really be, and Dr. Evangelista talked about this too, like student debt's out of control. I actually had four uh, students at a summit that I, we held in California recently, and they said that their debt was about 400000 so I think that's low, and the rate was 6.5%. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, I'm building a massive building for 3.5% right now. Like, how do you have 6% on your loans? So I just think that, that this is going to be a global marketplace where people are going to say, Hey, I got money that I'm literally burning inside my bank account. I'd rather loan it to you, student. You have a low default rate in dentist. I'd rather loan it to you for 2%. So I think there's going to be this cool competition in a global economy marketplace that everyone's going to win. A traditional loan takes a lot of time and paperwork at the bank. Credit systems often neglect first-time borrowers, young people, and citizens of developing regions. Also, the interest rates differ widely around the world, discriminating people in high-interest countries. Not anymore. Ethlend connects lenders and borrowers all around the globe using blockchain technology. This creates a decentralized lending market where everyone can participate, enabling competitive interest rates determined by the free market. Catherine uses Ethland and receives interest payments by lending money to people all around the globe, including Sandeep in India, who has a great credit profile. Within a few minutes, Sandy is able to receive a competitive loan. The loan agreement is legally binding, and the funds transfer within seconds, securely handled through self-executing contracts called smart contracts. They even store loan collaterals. Now, Sandy can improve his business. He later repays the loan to Catherine, who enjoys the safe profit she has made with the interest payment during her holiday on Mauritius. Now Sandeep's business flourishes, and he... T okay. So, kind of gives a little more context about how it may go down. Um, and actually, that's a working product. Ethland is actually working right now. So, the next thing I'm going to talk about is a little bit more advanced. Um, but it's something that I've been 
spending all my time in in the past two years. It's just my interest because it makes a lot of sense to me. And this is something called, so we've already kind of gone over cryptocurrencies and tokens and utility tokens. But it's securitized tokens. It's because the comment I get from people is like, well, Bitcoin's backed up by nothing. Fair, right? Um, and, you know, it's fair, but like, whatever. There's consensus that it has value. So security tokens are actually kind of an extension of the, they're a blockchain token, but it's essentially backed up by the assets, right? The ownership of an asset, if you can see in this over here, right? So it's a little bit different. So imagine being able to fractionally invest in a piece of art, a piece of real estate, but then you kind of had a digital share of that, no matter how big or small. You had a digital share of that that was on a digital share registry that was on the blockchain. No intermediary. You just owned a little piece of something. So securitized tokens you may hear coming out, and that, I think, is the next mega trend, the next mega trend in, in the crypto space. Okay? And here's how I think it's going to impact dentistry and how I'm thinking about it. But first, I want to give a little proof of concept. Or proof of, uh, yeah, proof of concept. It's actually already done. Anyone here been to uh, St. Regis Aspen? Y'all have. Some of y'all have. 20% of it has already been... They actually did a 20% offering in a securitized token play. So it's already been done. They literally, they literally have security tokens for the St. Regis Aspen. So this isn't just like, oh, maybe this will happen, maybe it won't. This already happened like six months ago. Not many people know about it. The cool thing about security tokens is that, like I said, you can, you can assetize anything. Whether that's art, dental practice, I'm going to get there. But it's cool. You can trade it nonstop versus some of the investments I've made in my life. It's like, here, put your money in. We'll call you five to seven years later, and you can get that money back out kind of thing, if you have money. But this is a 24-7 liquidity, right? You can get in and out of that market through a securitized exchange. You know, you can put, like I said, whatever you want on there. It's a global market, meaning it's not just a U.S.-based market like Wall Street where you can't get outside global investment. Um, and again, basically anything of value can be assetized and tokenized. So, to me, that's mind-blowing. That's my mind-blowing. So what if, so let's just stretch outside the box for a second. What if you could fractionally invest in a dental practice now or a DSO? And the way I went about this was, like, my buddies are always like, hey, I want to invest in your, in your company. I'm like, no, nah, nah, you're not a dentist. You can't do that. Right? So what if, what if the community could get around you and they could fractionally be invested? What if you had this tribe of people that were vested in your success and growth? Because they had a little piece, right? So it gets you thinking. And what if that piece was bigger? What if it was a DSO? Um, and, but I think it's really neat because dentists... You know, the ones I talk to, at least, it's like this all-or-nothing capacity, meaning that, that like, they're like, I'm sick of it, I'm selling. And the pendulum goes from, like, I'm maxed out, I'm going to sell, to I have nothing now. And so it gives an option for liquidity, meaning that you could take a couple chips off the table, keep practicing, right, and not be just all-or-nothing. And I think, I think options are great. <clears throat> so here's the product or project that I've been working on. And, and really, it it's, hasn't been vetted, it hasn't been... I mean, I've spent a lot of time in, in concepts, but, and the people that I've done it with are like, do not tell everybody about this. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, who cares? Because I think, like, open source code, like, you know, the world just needs to know, like, cool stuff. And maybe one of y'all can take it faster, farther, better, because it's been, been hard to do. So I actually own this, this concept, this name, 
um, the domain, all the stuff. I actually had to buy this domain um, from someone who took advantage of me, probably. <clears throat> but for years, like, it's been this walled garden of investment into dentistry, like, you know, whether that's private equity or, you know, you had to be a dentist to invest. And, like, I think this is ripe for a disruption. <clears throat> so here was the concept. And I used to make people sign NDAs to look at this, and like I said, now I'm just like, whatever, I don't really care. So the concept was, what about the first dental securitized token offer, right? And here's the benefit, like, you know, allowing global access to investment in a dental service organization. Because the world loves dentistry. Everyone loves dentistry. It's recession-proof. Like, everyone wants to partake. But sometimes they can't. And again, what if this was a securitized token that would allow fractional investment in a stable and high-performing aspect? What if you had liquidity, democracy, disintermediation, distributions all done by an asset-backed, tokenized platform. I promise you I'm not this weird. Like, probably y'all are like, this is a weird guy. Like, you know, this, is, this sounds so weird to have this concept, but I promise you this is going to happen. Whether it's me or one of y'all or someone else, it's going to happen. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years. In our true-to-form unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast we talk about our victories and our bruises and it's 132 pages of vision leadership marketing and even just life as a dentist and it's meant to entertain you so we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on amazon today thanks friends um so i've got a few minutes left the next one is not really related to the next disruption place is not really related directly to dentistry but as, pardon me, I had this weird thing when I talk like on stage, my mouth gets really dry for some reason. So the next one is advertising and marketing. And I think as entrepreneurs and people who a lot of our businesses are predicated on, on growth and groups, practices, that it's important to kind of pay attention. So this doesn't directly relate, but like we kind of live and die by the awareness and marketing and, and attention-based marketing that we do to create that. So... Currently, there's a working product, and this is credited with the first working product in all of, all of blockchain or crypto, and this is called the Brave Browser. Brave, B-R-A-V-E. Anyone ever heard of it? Well, 25 million people have, apparently. They've had 25 million downloads. And it's cool because this is a scenario where this is disruptive because right now we have a scenario where people produce content and then people on Google surfing the web, consume that content, right? But then the people in the middle, Google and Facebook, they make the money. So they're making money on our attention. So Brave Browser and the basic attention token are trying to disrupt that, and they're going to start paying people, the consumers, in BAT tokens for their attention, disrupting the middlemen. And so that's a kind of scary for you know Facebook, possibly, or Google, where you know Facebook's all of the revenue, 2018, which was like $55 billion, came from advertising. Google's $132 billion revenue in that same year, $116 billion came from advertising. So not, it's not a big deal, right? They say, oh, we're not, we're not threatened by this. But like, you know, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $50 million in uh, like 2000. Now it's, you know, market, it's a market cap of $19.7 billion. So things aren't a threat until, until they are. 
So this next is last video is just going over, just showing you the basic attention token because it's actually created by the guy who created uh, Netscape and Mozilla, and it's just a cool, cool concept. And I just like when when disruption happens all across the board. And so if you take nothing away from this presentation, honestly, like downloading this browser is a cool takeaway because it's faster, um, blocks a bunch of ads, it's more private, doesn't take, doesn't collect a lot of data on you as the as the human. Um, so that would be the good takeaway. And you get, could potentially get paid in the basic attention token, which does have value on the open market right now. That's good for that. Um, that, is, that is it. That's all I have. Um, I put this goofy slide up because uh, I thought it was funny. I did a photo shoot like, um, I don't know, forever ago. And it was like, I'm going to use this goofy photo. Here are some of the companies that I own or are involved in. Um, dental practices and marketing and, um, you know, a serial entrepreneur. And, I, you know, I tell my wife it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time because you just can't sit still. We have a podcast that is, um, that is fun. We hold summits. I have a book. And, um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me is uh, through email if you've got uh, questions about this or, um, Yeah. And that's it. Y'all made it. Good job, Doc. All right, stay here for a second. We'll ask you okay. some questions. So if this is the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization, is this like the poster child of entrepreneurship right here? Right? Like this guy is thinking outside the box. He's willing to take the risk. He's, he's there working in his practice. And we say, hey, give us something new, fresh. Open our minds to what's coming. I'll tell you what you did for me. What? If I ever think dentistry is hard and I want to go to another industry, this scared me right back into dentistry because <laughs> everything else is changing so freaking fast, too. So um, let's kind of run on that. And if you all have questions uh, for him, but one thing I want to know Can is you come like, back up. I'm way more comfortable with you up here. Okay, okay. I'll be up here with you. We're buddies. All right. So do you want to do a dance? Okay. Um, no, I don't so, know that. So how is studying uh, this blockchain component... Oh, I was uh-huh. losing my mic. Um, how is studying this blockchain component, how is that impacting your mindset in your practices, right? Because it, you kind of presented that it's kind of the separate hobby, but you're not a separate person. So each thing that we do, they start to blend together. Yeah. How do you think it's, it's changed you as a clinician or as a leader? Um, I think just looking for the fat or inefficiencies in my business, right? It's kind of opened it up. Like, if we don't need all these people, and I say, like, if you make, if you look at even some of the industries in dentistry, like, you have the person who provides the product and the end user, and then there's like seven, in some of these industries, there's like seven intermediaries who make money all along. So I think it's just inefficient. And I know that's not what you asked me, but I do look at it in just my own organization. I look at it in terms of, like, what if there was, and I didn't speak on a dental insurance how I think it's going to disrupt dental insurance because of respect out of a project I was involved in that I think has legs. But I, I kind of pulled out of that just from a time perspective. But I do think it's going to disrupt dental insurance too because of what I just said. All the intermediaries and all the glut in between, why are people making money really for just passing the baton when it could really exist in between? So I still didn't answer your dang question, but, how, <laughs> but it just opens your mind, right? And when you start, you can't unsee it, and I think it helps with a, it's a pervasive just mentality. Yeah, I would guess that when you show up every day, you realize that tomorrow might be different, right? hundred percent. And that was yeah. the thing I was trying to hit on that one slide is that the fourth industrial revolution, things are happening 
you know, it's acceleration upon acceleration, meaning and it's synergistic, it's combinatorial. Things are happening exponentially with, with, with the synergy, right? And so you got to pay attention because it's not like, oh, yeah, we're living along and like that's the internet phase. Like, shit's happening fast, fast. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. We have okay. a couple questions here. Do you want to take those? Is it true that there are rumors that the NSA has the ability to break the encryption that blockchain uses? I've heard those rumors. Uh, I have no idea. I don't want to speak on that, honestly. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they can do whatever they want. Security uh, is going to be um, it's, something you know, to be solved. It, it, the whole genesis of it was creating something that was, was secure. It's unbreakable. It's never been hacked. A blockchain has never been hacked. There have been exchanges that have been hacked, but there has never been a blockchain that has been hacked. So I don't see how they can do that, and you know, who knows? Maybe we're all just living inside of the matrix, and they control us, and I don't know. But um, do you accept Bitcoin service for your office? I do, and I did it. I did it more just as like a PR move because no one is really willing to spend Bitcoin, unfortunately, right now. They were when it was down in the dumps. But like now that it's on this like parabolic rise and coming into a bull market again, everyone's holding on to it. So it hasn't been this fast and furious exchange of whoever asked that question. But I do, I do offer it. If you come in and you want to exchange dentistry for Bitcoin, I will more than happy and you Take can do it in fractions, right? Like, totally. you, yeah, you, it's up to literally one Bitcoin can break up to a million satoshis. They're called. Which think of it like a million cents. They're called satoshis, and they're called satoshis because the inventor, two thousand nine, is a mythical creature named Satoshi Nakamoto, and he created this white paper that literally laid out this mathematical invention, this genius invention, right? And it's never been, it's, you know. The smartest guys in the room, like these, hard, like no one's been able to kind of crack it, and it's literally been called a mathematical invention. Sorry, see how I go down these damn rabbit holes? I'm sorry, y'all. Um, what about dent coin? coin? Do you not like? I just don't know what they do, and so I haven't. Um, I really, I don't know. I, I did for a while, and I just don't understand. I don't understand it. I'm not saying it's not a great product, and I'm, I love that they're in the space and they're pushing the ball forward. I just don't know what they do, and I probably should. I probably should look into it more, but I just don't have enough experience to say, like, yes, that, or, you know. Um, but I love that they're in the space. Here might be a more a basic, and maybe a, it ties into blockchain, but this person has several locations. What's a good way to share common documents, scripts, SOPs with various clinics? Are, are you doing that right now with your four locations? So we're not talking about blockchain anymore? Are, are you using blockchain like to, to, do, doc script, no. to do document sharing? No. Okay, no, no, so no. What, what are you using typically? I mean, now you're the tech guy for us all. So, so that you, was actually like? one of the problems. So I alluded to there was a company on there that I'm in beta with. It was a software product called Dental Train. It is kind of solving the standard operating procedures of that. So it's a dental platform. It's a SaaS-based software product. It is kind of solving the bottlenecks that I saw in dentistry, which was the impediments to growth, which was standard operating procedures. We create these manuals, and then these manuals go up on a shelf, and they're not dynamic. And they live there and they collect dust and no one ever reads them. So this was a system that's going to create accountability, create um, HR compliance, create, you know, basically no employee can go back to you and say, I didn't, I didn't get that training. And you can say, yeah, you did. It was module here and you finger signed it. So that's one thing that I'm kind of using in beta in my office. Um, but it hasn't been launched. And, yeah. and, uh, and I'm what, not plugging it. What are, other, what are other solutions have you seen out there for just document sharing? I mean, Google Docs, which is kind of, you know, basic, but that's the only alternative. That's why it was like I created this out of need because 
I was doing all this stuff in Google Docs and Excel sheets and linking things, and I was like, this is horrible. So it was built out of need. Okay, I think you got a. <clears throat> you pick it. You got a. Uh, There's a lot coming in. Bit Bitcoin question there. All right, perfect. I got into Bitcoin in October 2017 and got out in 2018 because of the volatility. How will a new dental blockchain be protected against too much volatility? So the concept I was talking about has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's just imagine having a, a dental practice or DSO and you chop it into a million shares. So it's not, it's not based on Bitcoin. It's not related to it. It's asset-backed and it's stable and it grows when the company grows. So does that help whoever asked that question? I know it's a, kind of a foreign concept, but that's the securitized token offering, and it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's not pegged to the value of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is volatile. It will remain volatile forever, just so everyone knows this, because they only made $17 million. And when the world goes to, you know, whatever it's going to do, there's going to be a crisis. We're due. Everyone's going to flee into something. And it may be Bitcoin. I don't know. So it's always going to be volatile. There are smart people. Well, I'm not going to speculate on the value. That's probably a whole different thing. So do you, it's, one question is, do you have any like conflicts of interest that you need to disclose? So like, uh, uh, are you in Brave browsers nope. to make money off nope. of? Nope. Um, do you own Bitcoin? I own, I own too much to, uh, to yeah. I, I've had a lot of pain in the, in the space. And luckily, it's not pain anymore because, like I said, it's gone up. But yes, I am invested in it. But it's not a conflict. Because no one owns it. Have you tried any peer-to-peer -peer lending yet? I, I have. Not very successfully. It was very clunky. Very clunky. Um, um, but you would like to do it. Would you, if, it, if there was a platform out there, which you may or may not create, then... I'm you not would, creating that one, for sure. That's, you, that's big. You would love to do it with oh, yeah, your I think it's cool. and so forth. Especially, think about it. It's a global market. So the global market is when everyone starts winning. And we live in a global economy. And right now, there's all these walled guards. You can't do that with this person. Right? But when you have negative interest rates in Japan and there's rich Japanese people who are like, I'll take a percent on your loan and give you money, versus you know, the bank down the street is like, we need 6% for your student loans. Like, you know, that is a problem, and blockchain is going to fix it. So, um, Good. Any other, any other questions out there? My kids literally say to me, like, Dad, are you talking about that damn blockchain stuff again? Oh, we got one here in the back. Can someone get him a mic? Um, Providing AI learning eventually creates solutions to the programmers, designers don't understand how the answers were derived. If we have blind trust in blockchain, what happens when AI cracks the timestamp? That cannot happen until quantum computing. So everyone knows that computers deal with zeros and ones. Quantum computing is when they can start cracking stuff when they live in a hybrid zone of zero or one. Again, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but it is possible that it could be cracked. Current technology cannot crack the blockchain. Can securitized tokens positively impact the way we distribute associate equity? Now we're talking. Yes, if we can make it compliant. So, so how does the uh, SEC view these uh, securitized tokens? Wait, where did that come from? That is a great o question. Over here on your left. So this is. Uh, I need to see you. Raise your hand. Oh, okay. Um, say it one more time, please. How does the Security and Exchange Commission view uh, these securitized tokens, and do they overlook it? Are they going to oversee it eventually? They will. They will. So this has been the conflict. It wasn't that I couldn't arrange all this stuff, what I was trying to do. It was that making it compliant was going to be 
hundreds and hundreds and millions of dollars probably in legal compliance because it was going to have to be SEC regulated. The problem is they haven't laid out the rules yet because we're in the first inning. And they are typically, they don't make the rules until about the fifth inning. So it's so early that it's like everyone just doesn't know how to play. So the people who advised me said, look, you just need to do it like it's a, like a digital share and treat it like a, literally an SEC-controlled product. Play in their sandbox, because if you don't, they can come out and literally your whole product could be eviscerated. So it has to be SEC compliant. And because of that, you, ha you know, there's big things. You, you know, it's, there's something in, in crypto called KYC and AML, which means know your customer and anti-money laundering. And so those are the things that, that, are, that happen inside the space that there has to be this compliance, because it can't just be like this you know, nebulous person that you know, could be terroristic or something. So these are some of the things you have to play in their sandbox. I hope that answered the question. All right, here's your last question. Have you done any uh, fractional business model yet? I have not. I have not. Okay. But if anyone wants to partake and do some heavy lifting with me, come on, talk to me. I'm just I have not done it yet, but I think it is the future. And like I said, the St. Regis Aspen thought it was a good idea, right? Real estate investment trust are exploding in this space right now because that's an easy thing. You look at a building, it has value. But why, why can't it pivot to dentistry? Why can't it pivot to a practice? Why can't it pivot to a DSO? It's awesome, Doc. Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. So did y'all know that we love you? Yep. You want to know how you can show it back? Leave us a quick review because it's our oxygen. It lets us know we're doing the right thing and delivering value for you guys in dentistry. And it helps spread the news about what we're doing. So take a few seconds, spread the love. We're so thankful for y'all. Until next time.